Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Black Men Unlearning. I'm your co-host, Edwin Lee. And I'm your other co-host, Kyle Brooks. Kyle, it's been a while, man. And, you know, I would, uh, I think over the last few weeks, I have had an itch to get back and record, but I ain't really been in a rush because it's it's been uh, closing out the school year and a lot of stuff at work, you know, dealing with a still ongoing pandemic and all the things thereof, I, I, I don't need to be rushing to do much of anything, but I feel rushed though. How about you? Ditto. <laughs> Man. Uh, you know, my academic year has ended and so much just even in the last few weeks of the academic calendar so many things needed doing, grades to finish, reports to write, meetings to attend, and that feeling of rush at all times can really become overwhelming. And I, for one, am tired of that feeling of, okay, man, I just got to get through this week or I just got to get to the weekend because it's never, it's never quite enough. Yeah, man, capitalism is really tripping with this 5-2 split. We have to do something. Like, I've, I've been advocating for this for a while. The 4-3 split is something we should have yesterday. Really, it should be a 3-4 split, but, you know, we could talk about that another time. Like, I, I, I need more. <laughs> I need more leisure. I need less time at work. Um, I have rejected the concept of dream job um, because we do not dream of work. I just, no, mm-mm, I... I, if you have not, you know, put it together already, we're talking about rushing and being in a rush today. Um, and the question that's just the most obvious one to me is, like, why are we in such a rush for everything? What are we what are we rushing for? Yeah, I, the the rush, I think, often has a lot to do with this very illusory sense of chasing after some goal, some landing place, some space where we'll finally find some rest and ease. And so we put ourselves through the rush, through the hustle, through the grind in order to get to that place of rest that never quite seems to be there. It always feels like a mirage. We we get to where we think rest ought to be and find there's just more work. There's more to do, more to to think about, more to process. And I know that I am not best served by that kind of mentality and attitude and practice. There has to be something better than that, something more sustainable than just go, go, go. Yeah, my, my biggest, my biggest mistakes, my biggest probably injuries, my, my biggest just shortfalls, any, 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 almost any disaster I can think about that has befallen me has coincided with me being in a rush to do something and not stopping and slowing myself down uh, to take my time. Right. Like, even if it's like I drop something in the kitchen and then mm-hmm. I rush to pick it up and then I bump my head on the cabinet or something like that, right? You sitting there holding your head in 
sharp a sharp pain in the back of your head, right? And you're right. feeling all kinds of dumb and perhaps cussing out an inanimate object. Maybe I'm talking a little too much about myself. Uh, <laughs> but in that moment, you know, if I just would have slowed it down a little bit, I wouldn't have had that situation. Or if you are a person who has ever fallen down the stairs, and I know you are, so I don't really feel bad uh, about saying that I've fallen down the stairs before, even though it's quite embarrassing in the moment. Like most of the time, that's that's a rushing thing. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. you know, like I I knew it was I knew these steps were slick. I didn't have to rush down the steps. And whatever I was late to, I wasn't going to die because I was late. Like everything would be fine if I was just showing up a little bit late, right? Um, it's this, it's this constantly being pressed to get to the next thing, or even societally being pressured to be thinking about the next thing um, that stops us from being able to see what's right in front of us. Um, to to not. Well, in 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 the situations that I described, right, to see like, hey, you know, if you if you were going down the stairs, you should probably pay attention so you don't skip a step and perhaps end up severely injured because you didn't take your time, which was nonsensical, right? So, yeah, man, I I just it's it's so embedded in everything we do, and that's the thing that I've started to object to significantly in my life, but I'm still really struggling. Even I, I think about preparing to record today and the fact that because I was rushing, I got over to my office and realized I entirely left my backpack with my laptop and my power cord and all the stuff I need to actually be present and recording. And then I had and I was like, okay, now I gotta go back and get that. And that feeling of you wanted to do something quickly and efficiently. It, it strikes me how much of the world is really organized around this notion of efficiency and swiftness. How quickly can you get a thing done? How quickly can you progress through or move towards some outcome? I think about, you know, I read, I read about the ways that say uh, drivers for Amazon have all kinds of wild restrictions and expectations, uh, for the efficiency with which they need to be getting from place to place delivering these packages uh, with no expectation of really being able to take a break uh, of being micromanaged and and tracked and digitally managed in all that they're doing and all of this for the sake of profit all this because someone wants to extract more time and energy and labor and value from all of that And honestly, it's kind of sickening and deeply troubling. This is the world that we're we're navigating, one that is asking us to perpetually put ourselves in situations where our well-being is secondary to a specific outcome. And that outcome is generally most beneficial to someone else. And we trade our precious time and energy and resources just to be paid back a portion of the value of those things. And then that that payback is supposed to be sufficient incentive for us to come back and do it all over again, day after day, 
week after week, month after month, year after year, until a mythical retirement in the end. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm tempted to just simply blame capitalism for our learning uh, a culture of being in a rush. And I, I immediately think about how, you know, after every big accomplishment in my life, there's always the question that comes whether uh, internally or externally, you know, what's next? We don't even really take the time to enjoy what we've accomplished or uh, what what work we've done or how far we've come before we're already thinking about what's the next thing? How can I um, leverage the position I'm in to move on to this uh, other opportunity? And um, it's funny, in working with uh, my students this summer, uh, I have a summer program that I'm working on and I've met with a couple of them. And, you know, there are gaps between the summer semester where they're going to take some classes and the semester that they just wrapped up and uh they're antsy they're like mm. i i need to be doing something I, I shouldn't be wasting time but the wild part is in that 15 week semester by the time that they finished it up they they were absolutely exhausted as was i um and it was clear just across the board that they needed time away um but we have this kind of addiction to being busy to doing something mm -hmm. to having something on our schedule to move us to the next thing and so i can remember as a student myself when i was in uh undergrad having that same kind of itch to be doing something mm -hmm. else like this need to well what's the next thing well what am i supposed to be doing during this time besides just this one thing this doesn't take up enough of my time and i'm not being productive and the idea that our productivity is the most important thing, that if time is passing without us producing some result, that there's an issue that's present. And I think that is a capitalistic thing, but I, I also see it show up in the way that we approach relationships, particularly romantic ones. Uh, this idea of like when we need to be married, this idea yep. of when we need to have kids, um, when we need to have a house, like all of these things are just these next steps that we have to get to at this appointed time. And there's, it's not dictated by joy, it's just dictated by getting to the next thing, it seems. Precisely. Always the search for the next thing. And that mentality really does invade so much of what we're doing in life. The the personal, the professional, all of it seems subject to this narrow track, this, uh, this sort of narrow squeeze, like we're trying to funnel everything into these hyper-focused, hyper-productive ways of being, and, I, and I, or not even ways of being, like ways of doing. And it strikes me that the, the point of our lives, I don't think is endless doing. I really believe our, our, our lives, if, if there's meaning to be derived from them, then that meaning 
is connected to our ability to just be our ability to 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 rejoice and find joy in just the beauty of life beauty of this this created world um those are things that i feel like we don't we don't stop often enough to really enjoy and see because the structure of our human lives is such that we either feel like we lack the time and resources to slow down, to stop, to smell the roses, so to speak. But also, I think at times we, we lack the, the inclination. We don't always realize that that's possible. There, there are, I think, various ways that an artificial sense of urgency gets created. It's crazy for me that as, as for all of our technological advances, they haven't saved us time and energy. They've just caused those with control over means of production to squeeze more and more into the same amount of time, to extract more and more from people, people's labor, people, people's being. And for me, that just ain't, you know, that just ain't it. Like, and the pan, the pandemic has taught me so much about the arbitrariness of how time is arranged and how time is utilized. Um, and I'm like, why do we do this this way? We do some of these things, admittedly, because for the vast majority of people, the, the wherewithal to control our lives in certain ways is just not there. So many times we're, we're negotiating around the things that we must do, the, you know, the, the things that we must serve. Um, and like, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm in that place where I'm, I realize I have more clarity about who and what I don't want to serve. I don't want to be serving a timeline because so many of the, you know, the great and amazing things people have done um, have been because they dared to step off a timeline. And I'm reminding myself that the, that the life I ultimately want to create, the life I want to choose is not one that is ultimately going to be dictated by these arbitrary standards of this is when things w- must happen. Because if I stuck to that timeline, there are so many beautiful things in my life that would not have happened because mm. I was so busy, so fixated on, well, this is how it has to unfold. Or even, and I mean, you, you, can, you can relate and understand, even the rush so many times that we experience of wanting to be adults, wanting to get to that place of, okay, I've arrived, I'm here, now I can do what I want. And then realizing, oh, wait, <laughs> this is not at all what we bargained for. This is not what they uh, told us it would be. Your point about the our technology not really serving us in any way just reminded me of um, my the email chime that is associated with Outlook and how I would be at work 
and working on something and then that chime was set up and listen my i've not been diagnosed with adhd but um i i can tell that i have uh some level of anxiety associated with uh with my email because man i would i would just stop what i was doing to look at the notification and to then go look at the email and then if it was something where somebody was asking me for something, then I'd be super frustrated because I'm in the middle of doing something and I'm getting this email or this request and I'm always being pulled in all these different directions. And I had to tell myself, you don't have to have this chime on. You realize you don't have to get notified every time an email comes through. Like this is a construct that is a default setting that you can change. You don't have to sit here and be frustrated every single time you get a message. And it's really, it's really strange that I allowed myself to be in a position to be agitated in that way on a regular basis. I can remember in graduate school doing a little better job with setting boundaries around this, right? Like, Unless there was an email that came through that said emergency, we need blah, 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 or somebody called me on a weekend for something because it was of an emergent level. Um, I wasn't responding to emails on the weekend. And I was trying to get myself out of the habit of checking them uh, because I didn't want that either. I turned off email notifications on my phone to make sure that I wasn't getting that information because I don't want to be that accessible. I don't want to be in the middle of having a good time and be reminded of all the things that are hanging over me that I need to hurry up and get done. Um, and this setup of having to constantly be thinking about what's next, what, what is the next thing I have to do? It, if, if it's not limited, it invades everything. I can remember my, my mom talking about how she would wake up and her mind would start going about work stuff. And then it would stop her from being able to rest. And in this last semester, I realized that was happening to me too. I would wake up and I would think about something Damn. like that was pressing at work and I'd be like, awake. Yep. Before my alarm. <laughs> well, before my alarm. Man, it is, it is 3.30. You are not about to get up. Why are you why are you doing this? And then you, it'll be five. And here I am still sitting there, not sleep, not resting. And it's like, why am I giving so much access to these things that in many cases are not necessary? They're going to happen in their own time. Like the, the question that I'm, I'm, I'm asking is how does rushing serve us? Is there a way that we are served by being in a rush? I think that the, the short answer for me is no. We are not served by rushing. But that rushing is a product of a longer set of anxieties and frustrations and limitations that we find ourselves facing. So r rushing, I think, at times emerges from a kind of false urgency. 
this idea that all things are equally important and need to be handled now. And the fact is that's just not true. The, I think about how the, I learned this, I forget who I learned it from, but how the concept of priority in terms of like the historical use of the word at first was not plural. Why? Because the idea of priorities was antithetical to the idea of priority. One thing is the thing that's most important. Other things can be important, but something has to be where you start, where you begin, where you dedicate your energy and focus. And I think I've, I've had to learn various ways of approaching things so that I don't put myself in a position where rushing feels like it's the only way to get the thing done. Yeah. And so by extension, we could say rushing often is a product of procrastination, which itself is not a time management problem. It's an emotional management problem. And in trying to manage how I feel about the things that need to get done, I find myself practicing the resistant, rebellious behaviors that keep me from getting started, that keep me from organizing. What's the way to do this that doesn't require me to rush, doesn't require me? Because in order to do a thing and not rush, it also means I have to delay the gratification that feels most urgent. Because if, if I sit and I'm honest with myself, you know what, no, you do not need to stream this television show for the next half hour or two episodes for the next hour or this movie. You don't need to do that. You want to do that because it's a passive thing that doesn't require you to do anything. And what you're really anxious about is doing stuff that might be necessary, but isn't what you want to do. And because now you're anxious about having these things you have to do, the things that are obligations, the things that are not sources of joy. Now you've delayed the things that must be done. And lo and behold, you have less time to do them and they still need doing. So what's the solution? Oh, time to rush. And I, I, had, a, I had a situation earlier this week where I realized, oh, here's a lot of work I'm going to have to do in a short amount of time in what's going to be a stressful amount of time. Like this time last week, I was in my living room working. Like I, and I, I had a, I had an early, early, like I had a 6 a.m. flight the next day. And I knew if I don't get this stuff done beforehand, like I'm not going to get it done on time. So what did I have to do? I ended up working all afternoon, all night. Like I didn't go to sleep because I, it was like, I got to get this done and I got it done. But then, you know, next thing I know, 4, 4 a.m. rolls around. And I'm like, uh, all right, I got to grab my suitcase and I got to drive to the airport and park my car and catch the shuttle and now I'll go through security and doing all of this. So by the time I sat in my airplane seat, it was just kind of like closed my eyes, and woke up at the destination. I don't even remember <laughs> landing, right? <laughs> but it was like all of that because of rushing and to the point where like that day was so rough because I was like, bro, you didn't, you didn't get a good night's sleep. And then I got off the plane and like posted up near the gate and like, so I could get on Wi-Fi and like do some more work, send some emails. Like this is, this is too much. 
Yeah. 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 I think the, the emotional management part is so interesting because it just points to all the reasons why the, all the reasons we have to be dissatisfied with where we're at. Right. And how that can produce uh, these situations where uh, we rush. And I think some of those things are environmental and not within our maybe immediate locus of control, if you will, right? Like, it's not this thing that if if I just shift the decision-making on this, um, the way this system works or the, the way I'm operating within it, then uh, it will not cause me these stressors, right? Um, or it will not uh, create situations where my mood is not great. Um, yeah, I, I think that some of some of those things are out of our control, but it does make me think about the moments where we do have more control than we might think or might immediately admit that we do. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm thinking about myself a lot right now, and and just general work situations. Mm-hmm. But I. <laughs> I, I don't think that all of it is, is and it's certainly not all of it is summed up that way. I think about just like the, the, the personal life parts. Like we want to be past this moment where it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. And some of the frustrations with the discomfort of the moment produce that protest behavior that you're talking about where you're doing things that are actively um, degrading your situation or making uh you making your future self have to deal with having to rush through a lot or having to to get a lot done in a short period of time um but some of these things are 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 very much societal they're they're wrapped up in our expectations of where we should be mm-hmm. um I, I I sometimes think about the fact that by the age that I am now, my I was I was well, my parents uh, were raising a uh, a student uh, a, like a first grader and mm-hmm. haven't had a second uh, infant, right? So yeah. um, like these expectations that we set on ourselves for where we should be. And thinking, I find myself sometimes thinking, like, how will my life be different because I'm not in that position as a parent yet? What will be out of my control because I'm not there yet, right? Or if I'm not in a certain position professionally at this point, mm-hmm. how does that change uh, where what I what I will grow toward? And Oftentimes, if if I if I if I'm honest about those uh, thoughts in my quiet moments, like I don't reassure myself with with positive um, with a positive imagination about where that places me. I often think about what I lack and what that will what lack that will cause later on, right? And so. Then you then I do find myself trying to, well, how can I fix this quickly? How can I improve this situation now? 
instead of finding more of the, the joy about where I am today and the uniqueness of my own situation and embracing it, um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really focused on moving past it and getting to the next thing. You said you said uh, you said so much there, man, particularly, I think this idea of. Moving to the next thing. And. The grace or lack thereof in how we're often navigating. This pursuit of the next thing. There are I mean, you know, we, we've had plenty of conversations that <laughs> will not make it into recording, but among the things like I know we, we, we consider is, you know, we think about and, and talked about these questions of where we are in life and reflecting on, yeah, you know, my parents were doing X, Y, and Z at this point. Um, what actually strikes me is, I mean, so when I think about, and this is maybe on, in a, in a sober, sober way, right. Thinking about this idea of rushing and how at this point, um, when my when my father was the age I am now, he did not have the luxury of rushing to do anything. Mm-hmm. He was in a nursing home with multiple sclerosis. And what's not lost on me is this this sense of because my father, you know, died relatively young at the age of 48 it's not lost on me that at times I feel this sense of urgency around, am I doing all that I should be doing? Am I fulfilling my, my promise and my potential? Uh, I am now, you know, about a you know, decade away from what was the end of his life. And thinking in those terms often produces this sense of, if I don't do stuff now, is it gonna get done? Like, it's gonna happen. Uh, like, and such that my great, my great fear is not, is not death. I do, I do fear getting to a point down the road and feeling a sense of disappointment saying, oh man, coulda, shoulda, woulda, but I didn't. And so part of that motivates this sense of, I got to get things out now, like stuff's got to happen now. And so many of the things that we've interpreted as overnight successes or, you know, folks just kind of like took the shortcut to the top. Really, it's we do folks have done so much work over so much time and then finally cross a threshold where it pays off in a particular way that people perceive as happening overnight. And Rush, I think at times, is this kind of compulsion to try to artificially produce those outcomes of instantaneous success of, you know, doing, doing it big in a certain way. And I can't help to, as I'm thinking about that, how much this too is also fueled by artificial imagery of process and outcome such that people are often overblowing outcomes such that, oh, this doesn't actually look the way somebody like showed you. Or they're underplaying process 
I, oh, this actually took a lot longer than you think. It's just ni nicely cleaned up. It's edited. It's refined and polished to look as though it were seamless and easy. And the fact of the matter is so much of what we do in life is not so easy. Like it just takes time. Like there's things you can't, you can't rush. And, and honestly, there are things that if I know they were rushed, I don't want them. It's like, mm, you, you, you rush this meal. Like, eh, it's not going to hit like that slow cooking is, uh, you know, I don't want, uh, <laughs> I don't want 15 minute jambalaya. I don't know what that, what that is or what that means. Like what it means to be is, uh, you short, you shortcut the process. Like you, you robbed yourself of the critical elements that develop over time mm -hmm. and not when we're trying to just get something out here, put something on the table. And so I have to remind myself of that frequently that the things, sometimes the things you are, you know, it reminds me of a story. And I, 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 could, I feel like I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell this story, you know, in classic uh, sort of old man slash preacher fashion. So um, I heard, I heard a story once told by a preacher. I knew uh, how he was traveling for out of town for a convention. And so he and another minister went to this restaurant to go eat. And he took uh, his friend who was a native to the area, you know, took him to this greasy spoon joint, you know, so a little kind of like hole in the wall spot, little mom and pop kind of energy. So not a fancy place, but the food was right. So they go in and, uh, you know, they, they, they get seated at the table and they place their, their orders. And, uh, you know, they see other folk, you know, sees other folks sitting down, placing their orders, getting their food. And after a while, you know, it kind of gets antsy, like, hey, you know, like we've been, we've been, uh, you know, we've been here this whole time. Like we placed our orders a while ago. Like, what's like what's good like where uh, where's our food and the server says to them well you see what you ordered is a special dish and it takes the chef longer to make it the appropriate way so your order is going to take a little bit longer but it's on the way and like the lesson, and you know, he told the story when I was a kid. And the lesson that sticks with me is that sometimes the thing you really want takes longer to get right. And so when I'm when I find myself in these cycles of rushing, I ask myself, hmm, am I rushing towards the thing I really want? Or am I maybe displacing the process of what it takes to get to what I actually desire most? What I actually need on like a, a visceral level because man we be wanting stuff every day and you know you sit still long enough or have you some water or something you realize oh yeah i didn't really want that like i just i was having a moment mm -hmm. um but like i'm i'm recognizing the extent to which i don't want to live my life just chasing moment to moment but i really want to be able to bask in experiences uh to bask in slowness to say, hey, let's savor this beautiful, joyous life that we have in front of us. Yeah, th this makes me think about how often we're inundated with messages of getting things quickly, you know, 
Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the whole crypto craze is about getting rich quick. Bruh. Very wild. It's even, even, you know, on, on social media, it's, you know, a quick dinner recipe or, um, a quick way to have to get abs in. <laughs> right <laughs> right 10 minute um, abs yeah everything is everything is moving quickly to to in some cases undo things that did not happen quickly yeah else, right um and in, in others you know trying to I guess manipulate the 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 time it takes to actually do something of quality, right? Um, and some of these some of these things are legitimate, but it is striking to me that this is so baked into what we see on a regular basis and what we tell ourselves, even in terms of what you were saying about how you develop work over the, a consistent career, mm-hmm. right? A lot of us want to, we understand that, but, you know, home runs are enticing, right? It, it, it sounds a lot better for us to just get it right the first time and, and completely, you know, blow our own mind and shatter our own expectations. But I think even in those situations, if we, if we approach them sober-mindedly, we realize that after that, there's still this there's still going to be that 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 question that we mentioned that what's next question. And so I think I'll name that I struggle with um, a willingness to lean into the slowness of things and letting things happen in their own time um, and not getting wrapped up in my own expectations for how quickly I, I would hope for something to happen. And my, and I also name my disappointment in some things not having happened already, right? Um, some of that makes me think of our models for patience and taking our time. And while I, I am thinking about if we have good models, I don't, I, I can say for myself, I don't know that I do. I, I Nothing immediately comes to mind in terms of a good model for um, just allowing things to come. Yeah. I, I, I should say no one comes to mind either. Right, right. I think of so I, as a child, I think of growing up in my grandparents' home and watching my grandfather, who was a pastor, always on the go, even well into his 80s, like being on the move until until he fractured his hip. Like, I mean, he was still on the move. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, you know, I really feel like he gets, gets a lot from this. He enjoys the work that he does, the labor that he engages in. But I also found myself thinking, I 
I wish he could just rest. And wondering, would he actually be okay with just resting? Is that a thing he could actually do and be satisfied with and not feel like I need to be doing something? And I, rec I recognize all the different variables in play, you know, him being a widower and navigating a kind of life of grief on the other side of, you know, losing, you know, the person you've been with for the majority of your life. But I, I also am struck by the realization that if we if we can't rest, if we can't slow down, I feel like we've we've missed a big piece of what life is about. The moments to pause. It, it strikes me on, on a kind of even like biological level that our bodies do not, our bodies do not grow through like our labor. Like your muscles don't get bigger by working out. They get bigger when you get good sustenance and then you rest. So if you're not resting enough, it don't matter how hard you rush, like you can't work your way towards things that require rest. Yeah. And that, like, for me, just th that sort of natural example in the world and in our human bodies, is just a reminder that, man, you know, rush, rushing tries to convince us that rest is not a part of the equation. That rest is wasted time rather than necessary recovery and rebuilding. Yeah. And restoration. Because... You know, when I when I stop to think about all the things I have rushed to, all the landmarks, I thought, man, I can't wait till I get to this point, or I can't wait till I check this thing off the list. And what I realized, often too late, it, I think about this, you know, about the, this idea of the good old days. We often don't know the good old days until we're looking back at them. And we recognize, oh, the goodness was in savoring and enjoying all the moments that were part of it. Mm -hmm. Like the good, the goodness in the in the everyday, in the day-to-day. -day. And learning not to, and we rush past so much goodness on the way towards an illusion. Oh, and and I will I will name that illusion feels strong. Because sometimes like it's a it's a it's a very well conceived vision. Mm -hmm. But we only can know but so much information about it. And that information is very limited. And what we have in the present is fully fleshed out. Even mm -hmm. if it's not an arrive, like a, a finish line, it is in existence. It's right before us. We can we can touch it, we can feel it, right? But we get so wrapped up in getting to the thing that we can, we can, we can't see, but we can envision that we we miss it, man. Like we're, yeah. I I, I mean, we've talked about this before. Like the even the idea of the the stresses of of uh, the grad school process. There was a lot of joy there. Yeah, there was a lot of joy there. 
And I think the 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 re-education in this, the unlearning, if you will, uh, is is really being able to practice enough enough. I will say slow down enough to practice gratitude and to notice where our joys are in the present so that we can actually feel them, actually conceive of them, actually notice how good it is today um, and not be so caught up in the building of tomorrow that we dedicate all of today to something that we're not guaranteed will ever come. Mm, man, that, yeah. And, and, this, and this is where, where I think the, for me, the language of illusion mm. is, uh, is not meant to suggest that the things we're going after aren't real, but rather that our perception of what those things are, what they'll feel like is actually the thing that's like, that's yeah. out of whack. That's good. Because too often I've caught myself sort of uh, just daydreaming about, oh man, what it'll be like when that thing finally happens or when I finally accomplish that thing. And even, I mean, even, even getting my PhD, right? There was, there was a part of it that was kind of anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, or, you know, even like my defense was like, okay, I'm doctor now officially. But man, like what what it what it I think, but what it put into perspective for me was, boy, it's really been the moments along the way that have made this journey beautiful and sweet. And I'm grateful I didn't rush through all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I wanted to be done, it's like, bro, I'm tired of this. I'm still like, man, I learned so much about myself. I, it's like, man, you know, you lived a life in a new place, met new people. Like, it's like that, that's what life is in those substantive day-to-day, everyday things. And, you know, for me, the, 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 the rushing, I think is too often, um, it's a desire to change the weather. and a failure to understand the climate. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my hope is that we were able, you know, all of us in, in, in various ways, and you know, we can't do it all at once. We can't rush to fix our problem <laughs> with rushing. Okay. But we can commit to the small ways of, you know what, I'm gonna slow down here and in this way. Because uh, I think that's where the joy is. Where you let the weather do what it's going to do, but you understand the climate means mm, things will be what they need to be. Yeah, man. I mean, you you unknowingly sent the through the alley for me because as we were wrapping up, I'm sitting here thinking about the Instagram post that I'm going to use to you know, I'm rushing towards that, right? Uh, the Instagram uh, <laughs> used to, uh, advertise this episode. And in my yeah. mind, I was like, oh, slow down. I'm going to drop that Bobby Valentino on that thing. Because you know you got to put a right. song with it. You got to put a song with it. 
does not really align with what we're talking about, but y'all get it. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Don't. Anyway, this has been another episode of Black Men Unlearning. We're so glad that you continue to listen uh, and join us. And uh, yeah, y'all, I'm not going to sing. Slow slow down, though. It's not about getting to know you. It's it's you should slow down because it's it's okay to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the other song I thought of also not appropriate. <laughs> Which one? By our uh, dear friend uh Juvie the Great. <laughs> slow I down. like that one better. All right. I like that right. one better. Yeah. Like that's it. That's it. That's it. It's decided. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we Slow will see y'all next time. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, y'all. Peace. Peace, y'all. Thank you for listening to the Black Men Unlearning podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Black Men Unlearning and email us at blackmenunlearning at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to podcasts.